Trevor Alper, and the Two One Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, making a periodic appearance, making one of his periodic appearances, is a contributor to Knockgraphs and also to CBSSports.com's I Am Baseball. His name is Dane Perry. I will begin this edition of Fangraphs Audio as I have others featuring Dane Perry, which is to say, if you have come to Fangraphs Audio looking for the same sort of crack analysis that you find in the electronic pages of that same site, do not continue listening. Do not continue listening. You might, however, find some value in, for example, all three of the other editions of the podcast which have uh, appeared at the site this week. On Thursday, there was a prospect podcast with new lead prospect writer Kylan McDaniel. Midweek, there was a long interview conducted by August Fagerstrom with Cleveland right-hander Trevor Bauer. And on Monday, of course, or maybe it was Tuesday in this case, but maybe it was Monday or Tuesday, Dave Cameron, managing editor Dave Cameron, made his weekly appearance. No, do note, do please note that what follows will concern baseball uh, not so very much. Uh, Instead, it will resemble uh, much more closely the last and uninspiring words of a defeated man. That's what is to follow. I shall elaborate no further... Instead, let's get to that conversation with Dane Perry. It is, a, it is, as I say, a conversation with Dane Perry. It is also, the program is Fangraphs Audio, and it begins right now. All right. Less than an hour runtime. You've, you've submitted a request. That's not a request. That's just how it's going to be. Those are, that is a – you've looked into the future and ascertained that that will be the case. That is a mandate from on high. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about those constraints? Well, I question the on high aspect of it because I know that I've stood next to you and I think uh, I have at least a couple inches on you. I mean high on illegal street drugs. <laughs> As I am presently. Okay, yeah. I uh, you might. I don't know what you're doing, but I know that you had a, plum, a plumber needed to come. This is your. This is your new. Uh, your new condominium. Mm-hmm. The plumber visited. Yes. What did you need? Yes. Now, did he plumb among the things that he plumbed? <laughs> Dane, he plumbed the depths. He, did he? He plumbed some depths. Yes. Okay. Soul plumber. Just curious. What do, uh, do you have? Uh, all right, Sestouli. I'll talk a little shop with you. Okay, what's the issue? Uh, I am looking into a battery backup sump pump. Sump pump. Now, did you have a sump pump at your last place? I did have a sump pump. <laughs> because I believe uh, that after we had at one point just established the fact that this is a shape space, Yes. We have also discussed the fact that you, yeah, you had at one point owned or bought a sump pump. Well, I bought a backup system, and uh, uh, at my at my previous residence, and and that's the sort of thing you leave behind, yeah. Yeah, okay. and I installed that, but this is the present one is sort of an enclosed system, which is uh, beyond my amateurish skills. Mm-hmm. So I uh, reached out to a licensed subcontractor. Okay, and uh, he uh, provided me with some. Uh, uh, gentleman's estimates on having the work done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are you now is a person you allowed to go directly to a subcontractor? Or you didn't need to contact a contractor. Well, the he's, he's, a, he's that uh, just kind of using the term loosely there. He's just a plumber. He's a, he's a plumber. Yeah, he's a simple man. He's a simple man, yeah. but with uh, with a set of skills that are in demand. It seems like. Yes, plumbers are useful, useful uh, craftsmen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, going to help. So, what is the what is this thing you're hoping to arrange? What is its purpose? Uh, well, the sump pump uh, basically keeps water out of your below grade living space, your basement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the primary one is uh, electric powered. Okay. So, in the event of a power outage, you would like some sort of battery powered apparatus to kick in and spare you any basement flooding. Now, is this is this already assuming that you have some sort of crack or whatever in your foundation that would be causing flooding anyway? No, it would just, it could, uh, you know, if the, it's like the municipal drains get overwhelmed, it could back up into your place. 
Oh, okay. This is, this is what below-grade living uh, entails, Stilly. How many people know about sump pumps? Because I've heard, I'd heard the word before you and I discussed it, but I had never really understood what they were for. Uh, you know, did, how did you? I mean, how do you know about sump pumps? Well, you're scarcely a man at all. Yeah, right. Which I think explains your lack, your ignorance on this matter. Yeah. Say that anyone who has a basement and is concerned about the basement not flooding would probably be aware of the the, the yeah. sump phenomenon. Sex is sex. One's sex is defined by society, but gender, one self-identifies gender. I would also like you to know that speaking of these two intertwined topics. Yes. My wife and I have now taken to calling the act of coitus the sump pump. <laughs> now, is some verb or a noun? So, like, oh, okay, instance, I was going to ask what part of speech, right? Yeah. For instance, I would say, would you have any interest in sump pumping tonight? Sump pumping tonight. And you know, perhaps during that, I would whisper a request: sump my pump. Sump my pump. Yes. Now. The, when you're talking about it, yes. does she prefer electric or battery powered <laughs> in this particular instance? As long as the outlet is, uh, you know, ground fault circuit interrupted in case there's a, you know, a uh, surge. Yeah, in case there's a power surge, then yeah. she prefers electrical. She prefers it. Now, if it were, uh, if it were not a metaphorical, but a literal dark and stormy night. Yeah. And you were actually, and there actually, you, you did have, if the, you did have flooding in your basement, but you also wanted to um, engage in some sweaty lovemaking, right? Do you have? Uh, I mean, like, um, I, I think it's like I, I, Chinese. I believe is um, there are a lot of uh, tonal um, uh, to, tone uh, to, tonal emphasis. I think is important. I don't know how to um, how to oh. articulate it, but like you, you can make essentially the same sound, but. Um, with different emphases, and uh, they can mean vastly different things. I mean, is that how you would tell? Would it be one be like some pump, and the other would be some pump? I mean, how would but you? That kind of instance when that sort of those worlds collide. Yeah. Uh, uh, no wait, worlds colliding is that also a term you you and your wife use for coitus? <laughs> <laughs> you can only use that on your wedding night. Okay. Yeah. And your family has to be watching. Right. <laughs> yes, get out, Mark. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. You got your dowry already. Yeah. Uh, no, I would refer to the basement situation. Oh, is that is that another term for... <laughs> <laughs> you can't... There's no, way, there's no way to even speak any further about it. <laughs> That's true. That's right. We, have, we are rendered moot by double entendre. <laughs> I would say sump pump in the basement and... <laughs> Pump the sump in the bedroom. Pump the sump in the bedroom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having a sip of uh, sip of soda water, Cecily. Okay. You know we're much, we're on much closer. Uh, we're we're very close now in terms of um, uh, in terms of time zones. We haven't always been in recent years. Are you in Are you in uh, sump hamp? I mean, I'm in New, I'm in, yeah, I'm in New Hampshire. That's what I like to call it, newest Hampshire. Sump camp. Yeah. And how, how do you find it? Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a change. We don't, there's, the town in which we live mm-hmm. has very little inside of it. But, okay. uh, there are, there actually are some, uh, charming small towns. So it describes sex with your wife? No. Which part? Very little inside of it. <laughs> I think I've edited that out. You're, the, you're kind of the one who started this. So. Yeah, I know. Um, no, yeah, that's. I guess everything can be. Yeah, I don't even know if those are euphemisms for sex, are they? They're just figurative. I, I guess like ninety percent of phrases can be. I guess. I know. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, because it's, it's a Germanic language, they're, they're filthy people. There are towns, there are towns around us though that are charming and that have things. And then there are farm, there are a couple of farms near us, which is interesting. I like farms. Yeah, I know. I it, yeah. there there is a certain pleasure, and I would have never anticipated that I would 
experienced this, but I find that I derive a great deal of joy. For example, we live a three to four minute drive from a dairy. And okay. I will go to the dairy. Okay. And I will return my jar for which I have paid a deposit, and then I then there is just a uh, serve yourself honor system refrigerator at the dairy. Okay. You take out the yogurt that you would like. I like yogurt for breakfast. I like yogurt and sure. quick oats. Quick oats quick with oats. honey with honey on them. Yeah. And <laughs> another another sexy thing. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. and then I and then I like and I really like doing that because the yogurt is delicious and it's quaint because it's what it's honor system and they just made the yogurt there. They made it right there. I can actually see the apparata, the various apparati that have okay. been used to make the yogurt, and uh, my heart is. I say, this is where I live. This is yes. Okay. Yeah. Now let's ask you this: Have you have you uh, uh, performed these rituals while wearing uh, LL Bean outerwear? No, but I will say that down in Concord, New Hampshire, which of course is my hometown, uh-huh. there is a there is an outlet. Okay. There is a, there is an LL Bean outlet. So uh, especially as autumn. And then winter okay, yes. uh, approach. Uh, I'm sure that my wife and I will make at least one stop in there to buy a a pair of sturdy boots, for yes. example. And uh, uh, we, I don't think that either of us own. Although I don't know if I would be opposed to owning a uh, what is this? One of these sort of jackets that's sort of pilled on the outside. Is a called a. Uh, yeah, it's a material. It's like a polyester. It's a some sort of polyester material. Okay. Synthetic material. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. What yeah. is it called? What's the material called? Uh, it's not coming to mind. All right. Well, we'll get it by the end. Maybe someone's thinking about it in their in their. You, you always, <laughs> you're Dean. You're thinking about this. Someone's out there listening to say, "Oh, I know what he's talking about. I wish I could tell them right now." Right. Someone will show up in the comment section. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, so yeah, that might be happening. Now, have you ever done any work with uh, a fleece? Fleece is fleece. Fleece. Oh, that's the word you're trying a to make? A fleece jacket. Yeah, isn't that? Isn't fleece? Uh, what is fleece? Not synthetic. Is it? Is that a natural material? Uh, I don't know. I always kind of thought of fleece as some sort of animal fur. Okay. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. What What I'm saying is, I don't know. Okay. But yeah, uh, so going to farms is nice, and yeah. uh, of course I live in New Hampshire. It's actually another thing that I've done is I've met people whom I like, not just from New Hampshire, but also who um, who are from Concord, New Hampshire, which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And there is a thing that can happen, and maybe you have a comment on this. When you're a person growing up you in your town, you experience that town through your parents, really, almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then as you, if you are an older person, you return to it, then you experience it as an adult, especially since, you know, I've lived some other places and I come back and I say, I have tastes now that are right. different from my parents. And I also can conduct myself nearly like an adult in a way that's different from my parents. And it, um, and I meet other people from, I used to be scared to death to return to Concord for fear that I would see people who I knew in, mm-hmm. had known in junior high school. Right. And had ridiculed me then, and I I carried this notion that they would continue to do that, even as I reached my upper twenties. Well, that's not completely unrealistic. <laughs> it's not. It's not completely, but uh, I don't think that's. I mean, don't... No, I mean, I I, uh, I I come from a town in which uh, uh, there are any number of people who still live out the high school dynamic. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. Friends, they do the exact same things to entertain themselves. They talk in the exact same way. Right, and that's because you live. You're from a you're from a John Cougar Mellencamp song. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a town uh, you can find on a map of America. Only a map of America as imagined uh, by John Cougar Mellencamp. Mellencampia, comma America is mm-hmm. fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. So are you are you ever are you ever apprehensive about walking the streets of your 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 native town? No, you're not. Not in that sense. I mean, I don't necessarily love running into some people, uh, but it's not like you know I, I don't fear like you know some sort of like you know mockery situation or something. Yeah. I was uh, 
I, this is an impartial observation, but mm-hmm. I'm not. This is not some sort of uh, uh, distasteful bragging or anything. But I, I was sort of in the upper tier of the social food chain in high school. You were which part of the tier? I, I was in sort of the upper tier. Oh, okay. How did you manage that? I, I don't really know. Okay. Um, so it, I was not really one who, you know, was uh, subjected to those kind of things. Now, did you bully others? No. I mean, probably a couple times, like in eighth grade or something, I, you know, to right. a young kid or something. I'm sure I did something foolish like that. But not like in high school. I wasn't. No. Okay. And that, it's not as though I was above it. I guess it just didn't occur to me, maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, but anyway, uh, but I, 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 there are very few people back home that I want anything to do with. Yeah. So. Facebook is good enough. Do you think it's because of them specifically, or do you think it could be in part because they remind you of a person that you would now detest? Oh, I, I have no, I, I have no doubt that's it. That's primarily it. This is more a reflection of, uh, of uh, yeah, my utter distaste for for my teenage self. Right. Anything wrong with them? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's clear that you're not entirely satisfied with who you are. Correct. But you at least. Uh, I mean, you haven't offed yourself, but what? Which version of yourself? I mean, you terms you said the teenage version of yourself you would find um, uh, unbearable. Like, at what age? Like, what's the threshold after which you you feel like you could deal with yourself? I think I became a reasonably decent person at like twenty three, mm-hmm. four maybe. So you could have a beer with that version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could. Hey, hey, relax, guy. It's gonna be okay. You know. What, yeah. what was that? What was that guy like? What? What would you have? Twenty three. Twenty three year old Dave Perry. Mid to late twenties, me was just just uh, brutally depressed, basically. <laughs> <laughs> just so so in need of therapy and medication that yeah yeah. Now, uh, and and. So, like, what percentage depressed were you then, do you think, on a scale of, you know, 0 to 100? I would say probably starting at, like, age 24 or so, it was 0 to 100. 100 means, like, what, precipice of doom? Yeah, right, I guess. Yeah, if it, right. So, well, 100 would be you just walk out into traffic. 99 is, like, 99 is you are on, you're, like, on the curb, and you're like, oh, it's about to happen. I don't know. But you, you haven't gone over the edge. I would say probably starting at age 24, I began an ascent from, say, like 50, uh, 58 to, <laughs> to by the time I was 27, I probably, or 28, I probably got to like 93. Really? So you, so you were, you were not doing well. No, not at all. Wait, what, what happened? Was it, is it just chemicals, or was it uh, events that informed the chemicals? The situation was completely resolved once I found the proper medication. Oh. And, oh, yeah, and, uh, placebo, whatever, it worked. You yeah, know, it I, worked. I don't really care if it's a placebo effect. In your family or your region, did you sense that there were – is are there um, taboos associated with taking medication for um, like, you know, mental mental distress, mental illness? Somewhat. I think there's more of a taboo about doing psychotherapy, which I did for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think that was more, uh, ooh, why are you doing that? Are you, you know, right. are you busted? You know, or, you know, or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like it was, it was seen as something that only, uh, like the extremely traumatized would, would do. Right. You know? And I, I, I had no reason to be depressed. You know what I'm saying? Like objectively, there was nothing. Uh, my childhood was completely untraumatic. Mm-hmm. Family always there for me, that kind of stuff. Had friends, you know. None that you know certainly wasn't lighting the world on fire professionally, but I was employed or whatever. There was no objective reason for me to, yeah. Which you know, <laughs> why it was chemical in nature. Yeah. There's a. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Woody Allen film Love and Death, um, but there's a scene where, or there's a. Uh, there's a uh, scene yet where he's talking to his priest because he um, he says he's talk- he's very depressed and he says Father I'm depressed and, he's, and the father says well, what does it feel like and Woody Allen says a void he says there's a void inside of me and then the priest says uh, what what kind of void and then Woody Allen says well an empty void <laughs> he says I had a full void uh, but it actually it was actually just something I ate 
Yeah. So a pretty classic uh, Woody Allen humor. That's a strong uh, movie if you haven't seen that one. Uh, I, I have and I don't remember caring for it, but maybe it needs a screen. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. But, uh, but anyway, funny scene, yeah. Empty Void. Uh, yes, right, that can happen. Yeah, and it is uh, it is shocking. Uh, I have some experience with it, but uh, the way not I don't because I don't know that the medical slash pharmaceutical company understands entirely what's happening uh, with, for example, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they know that they work. <laughs> so, but it right. can give you a little distance from yourself and your uh, uh, seemingly rootless anxieties or depressions. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of all the criticisms and the, and the pe- some people insist they do nothing. But, you know, all I know is that it absolutely worked for me. Yeah. And what did people do? What did people do before the invention of those things? Was it, was it, is that alcohol? I mean, is that, I, I, you know, I guess you self-medicated or existed in misery or tried to therapy your way out of it entirely or I'm not, I'm not really sure. Right. Is it possible? And we are, you and I are absolutely unqualified uh, to answer this question. This is true. Is it possible that uh, there are certain, I have a sense that there are certain maladies Mm -hmm. that are, um, that are that are associated with different epochs, different uh, you know cent- centuries or ages, yeah. as it were. It, I, I believe we've reached the talking out of our ass stage. Yeah, I know, but I I do know that one thing uh, the one one thing that can be dis- that can be difficult is to not feel is to uh, is a sort of sense of alienation or a lack of yeah uh, purpose, and uh, and I think that if you come from I think that's why – I think that's part of the reason why there is generally a romanticization of certain old world traditions mm-hmm. uh, because you, uh, despite the fact that the – in some cases like the religious or cultural practices might be like overwhelmingly oppressive. That, sure. so that was the problem. That's the thing against which you're fighting. But you're not fighting you – never, you never lack for like uh, the sense of community. Maybe too much community is the problem. Uh, yeah. And so it's easy to romanticize those notions. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I would go through like these stages where like I wanted nothing um, more than to just be alone and have no one talk to me or speak to me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Even like the phone ringing would sound like this would, would strike me as just in, this incredible intrusion and it would send me into a spiral. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a very complicated relationship with the phone ringing. And then by turns, I would have, like, these just incredible urges. I had to be around someone, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, at least two or three people, or I would, you know, I, I was scared I was going to, like, spontaneously combust or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this might be this might be a good time uh, to introduce, for your benefit and to the benefit of some readers, a couple more uh, aphorisms, care of Emil Chorin. Yeah. That, that guy is that guy's world heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. he uh, here's one. Uh, he says every family has its own philosophy. One of my cousins who died young once wrote to me, "It's all the way it's always been and probably always will be until there's nothing left anymore." Whereas my mother, this is the best paragraph right here. Whereas my mother ended the last note she ever sent me with this testamentary sentence: "Whatever people try to do, they'll regret it sooner or later." <laughs> <laughs> this guy is, uh, yeah, like I said, world yeah. heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah, right. No one's going to take the belt and title from him. Yeah, he did it. I mean, this whole book is. Uh, I've, I've corresponded I with a note to myself to buy these. I've corresponded with a couple of people who have gone out and purchased this book, and I assume that they're having a great time because. Uh, yeah, one of my uh, uh, CBS associates who. Uh, Yvonne Irizarry, okay. uh, who listens to the podcast regularly for some reason, for reasons sufficient unto himself, uh, he was quite taken by your uh, samplings of this gentleman. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's. Uh, I just spell his name. I'm going to put it in my Amazon uh, shopping list. Yeah. C I O R A N. Yeah. Oh, here's another. Here's one you might appreciate, yeah. especially you as a as an author. Boy, these uh, titles are outstanding. <laughs> he says uh, there the temptation was a, to exist. What's that? The temptation to exist. Yes, yes, yeah. That short, was actually a short history of decay. <laughs> All gall is divided. 
he says uh, there is nothing to say about anything, so there can be no limit to the number of books. <laughs> Let's see how he how he feels about authors. Yeah, you've you've written a couple books. Yeah, nothing like this. Yeah. Uh, Man, I would love to go scrub him from history and plagiarize him. <laughs> if you had the uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you if you did have access to a time machine, you were given a chance to go one place. Would you Would you do what you just said, or would you kill Hitler? Uh come on, man! Don't lay that on me. Hmm. They both. Uh, I don't know if they were. Contemporary. When was Mister uh, Sioran writing? It's Chorin, I, b- I believe. Chorin. I actually had to look that up on Forvo.com. Forvo.com is useful as it has native people pronouncing their own words, so you ah. can you can hear them. Uh, just everyday people. Okay. Uh, scattered around the world. Nonetheless, when when was he uh, around? Uh, f- I think he flourished uh-huh. uh, till the eighties, maybe. Okay. Yeah, he was around. He was he was well, old by then. Though. Dude, both. I could go back and kill Hitler and then begin play driving. I guess yeah, right. Uh, so Hitler died what forty five, forty six, one of those. Um, forty five. He um yeah, so he would have been thirty thirty years old actually. Uh, one one. I guess to get Hitler, you know, in his beer hall days before he actually, you know, yeah, it'd be easier to kill, right? Less surrounded by uh, people. Less surrounded by people. Maybe I, uh, now we're talking. I could kill both of them. <laughs> it's true. I wonder now if it, turn the present day in Right. Now I don't know if he ever uh oh actually within the first paragraph of Emil Chorin's um hmm interesting uh in 19 uh, in 1933 he started this is the fir- this is the second sentence of his Wikipedia entry. Uh-huh. Uh, he started to study at the University of Berlin, where he became interested in the policies of the Nazi Party. Uh-huh. He considered himself, quote unquote, a Hitlerist, and had similar views about Italian fascism. See, it's all coming <laughs> together. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of Hitler's contemporaries, um, yeah, uh, this is a short tale from my wedding. Okay, um, my uh, uh, you know friends, old friends were there, and my father-in-law. Yeah. My did, wife, dear father. He described himself as a Hitlerist in front of everyone? <laughs> no, he did not. No. Okay. Um, he is, uh, he is a, 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 uh, uh, a gentleman of leisure in some senses in that, uh, he plays, you know, he plays cards all the time. He loves to gamble. Uh, he has, all his friends have names like Slim and Pinky and, and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, he is, he is a, uh, he's, he is, uh, Mikey Good Times. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, and he's also very old. He's 86 now, but you would not guess it because he still goes to Tiger Toms and drinks all the time and plays Keno and yeah. Perhaps a secret to his longevity. His uh, yeah, growing up uh, he has uh, he had six daughters and a son, and no one was allowed to be on the phone on Sundays because his bookies were calling. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so so that's not even the good part of the story yet. Right. Okay. You can tell us about him just by meeting him that he is one of those guys, um, that he lives his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends at the wedding was saying, man, your father-in-law is awesome. How old is he? It's like, uh, he's 80, which he was at the time, or 79. He goes, no way. He's uh, got all these stories and stuff. And I said, and he believed me momentarily. For probably 30 seconds, he was pondering it. Okay. And I said, yeah, did you know he once played poker with Hitler? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's not, that wasn't true, though. That was not true. Yeah. But there was a no way kind of reaction. And yeah. it took about 20 seconds after that point for him to eventually bring himself down. No, I know he didn't. <laughs> Who's this friend you have who is like a vaguely surfer accent? That's uh, a terrible imitation of him. Oh. He's from, he's from back home. He's from back home. I went to college with him. Mississippi College. He's actually a very intelligent and accomplished uh, gentleman, but uh, he, he had had a little drinky drink and was willing to believe that my father-in-law had played uh, played uh, seven-card draw with Hitler. Hmm. Oh. Now, when you were telling that lie, or ecstatic truth, however which way you'd care to phrase it... i put it as the latter. Did you... Did, now, did you, in your mind, envision... 
and did you envision Hitler playing cards? And if so, where and in what context? I did imagine him playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a beer hall. Okay. There's actually uh, my my wife's uh, last name is Lagenfeld. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she is of German extraction. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a town uh, called Lagenfeld in Germany. And family lore has it that one of their cousins roomed with Hitler in art school. Oh, oh. Hmm. Uh, let me, you know, establish at the outset there is no family admiration for Hitler. Right. Um, he started out okay, but went too far. <laughs> no, that's Mark's shot. Uh, yes, actually, that is also uh, some time ago. My wife and I stayed at a vineyard. Uh, in Oregon, somewhere between Portland and the coast of that state, and we stayed. I had found there are a lot of uh, a lot of the vineyards there do Pinot Noir, like a lot of red stuff. But we found this one that was owned by a German couple, um, and so they had like uh, ice wine, ice wine, uh, which my wife and I both care for. And so we decided to be there. The husband was gone, but the the, um, he was traveling somewhere, but the the wife, the older woman, was there. And, uh, yeah, they had been from Germany. He had actually fought. He had gotten his citizenship, I think, by coming over to the States and fighting for the U.S. military. But she said something to – yes, she said something like what you just said or like, I guess, what Mark Schott said, which is, um, yeah, he was uh, he was good. At, he was a good leader. He got carried away. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess people say, I don't know. But actually, I was, I read, um, this is on very little authority, but when I was there, when I was visiting Berlin, it's easy to become uh, fascinated by the Nazi party and actually, I mean, a lot of the sort sure. of uh, uh, modern political history of that city. And uh, I picked up a, and just flipped to a random page, because that was a test. I was like, I was like, Hitler was crazy. Like, I wonder if you just flipped to a random page. In his biography, if he'll say something crazy, and yes, the answer is yes. And but he, but it's actually, in some ways, uh, so the, the the one of the narratives concerning him, right, is the one we've just invoked, which is he's oh he was a, he was an organized leader, but uh, <laughs> a great leader, but he got, yeah, he got carried away, killed all yeah, millions of Jewish people, and it, by the way, like also infirm people and. People with glasses and gay people and gypsies, etc. Catholics. Oh. oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. So he killed a lot of people, and um, but actually, like by the end, he really what? I mean, if he ever had been, like, he he wasn't really that smart. First of all, like just in terms of like, it's curious what exactly his plan was, because um, like you just like just walking into Russia during the winter is not very smart. And also, it's hard if you're a country of however many million people, but much less than the rest of the world, how you actually plan to take the world over. Like, what is the end game there? Right, yeah. Um, and he was also like, his sort of, his disgust for humanity, um, I think was always reaching a boiling point, and it, it eventually did in his last year or two. Like, he was a hardcore nihilist in the end. And right. he, and he, I think recognizing that, uh, the the um the state would fall he he said we were not we are not uh, i've always maintained and i still maintain that we will not repeat world war 1 you know the germans were embarrassed sort of yeah. a, a part of world war 1 and they were blamed for the entire thing he said we will if we fall it's no problem as long as we bring all of the rest of everyone down to hell with us <laughs> he it was something like that just just um, yeah, just fr- just scary, yeah. Yeah. Really scary, and but uh, hey, kept his eyes on the prize, you know. <laughs> you can say that about him, you know. Unflinching. He would have made a good SEC football coach. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch a skit about that. I would watch that skit. I would watch their games. You would. Yeah. Do you think that he would have like a nuanced? Well, he'd probably blitz a lot. I think we can say that right from the outset. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. he, but do you, do you think that he would have, I mean, would Hitler's offense, I mean, do you think he'd, he'd be like kind of a, I don't know, what Chip Kelly, Mike Leach, like progressive sort, or do you think he would? I don't know. Uh, I obviously, 
envision him having a strong ground attack, you know, just right. kind of power eye type football. Yeah. Um, but I can sort of picture him patrolling the sidelines like in one of those collared coaches' shirts with the headphones on, mm-hmm. you know, looking grouchy. Now yeah. this is a this is a strange time of year for you, right? Because I think that you are allergic to SEC football, isn't that right? I, I do. I have reactions to it, and I'm already, uh, um, yeah. I I I I'm dis I'm disengaged from college football. Now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's silly. Right, but I think, but I believe though you, you say that at the same time, I know that you feel the need to make comments. You are compelled at times to make comments about SEC football, and I, I think it's trolling SEC fans. Yes. Because what? Sorry, I do enjoy trolling right. uh, SEC cultists. Yeah. Yes. Do you do you feel like that's a situation where like we talked about this earlier, like the, the, being disgusted by yourself or a certain version of yourself? Do you think that the the fact that you somehow your identity is tied to SEC football mm-hmm. just by virtue of being from Mississippi? Do you think that this is a part that you when you make those comments, you're essentially trying to to distance yourself from that part of you as opposed to those people? Sure, that's reasonable. Yeah, uh, but I also genuinely hate SEC football. Right, but you could also just you could avoid it entirely, as opposed I to I could. But you think it's difficult to escape? Yeah, sure. It's it's uh you know it's out there and uh, it's all that there is on Facebook, given the demographics of my friends mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I uh, and you know like every time I complain about having to deal with the commenters. That I have to deal with, like mm-hmm. CBS primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I will wander over to like a college football article and just <laughs> got smacked by like the just the Jonestown type uh, <laughs> religious <laughs> adherence to what you believe, you know? Yeah. And just they'll like the uh, like you will see like uh, you know denunciations that would usually be observed, you know, usually be set aside for like. Monsters of history, you know. Right, right, right. Or like, um, like sectarian struggles between the Catholics right. and Protestants in uh, Glasgow or something. Yeah, Northern Ireland. Just yeah, it's just it's so. It is just college football is just an absolute lodestone for morons. <laughs> it is just a tractor beam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, I want to ask you about another thing. Uh, in the, in the um, since our most recent edition, since your most recent appearance on FanGraphs Audio, yeah. uh, my wife and I have acquired and have now owned for uh, two, uh, two weeks a dog. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me about a car. Okay. Oh, this well, we got a car too. Game changer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got a car too. You have a dog. Yeah, we have a dog. A living. A living, I have a, well that's what I was going to say, I am in charge of a living thing. That is outstanding. Is oh. this prelude, prelude to getting your wife pregnant? It, it's a, it's a, it's a test for, okay. for, it's a, it's a starter child, really. Yeah. Did you get a puppy? No, not really. So we adopted one. Actually, uh, here's something that you have in common, uh, with my dog, besides the fact that you both, uh, uh, are, have been trained to pee outside. Right. We, the um, she's from she's from Tupelo. She's from Mississippi. Really? Yeah. This is this is wonderful news. Yeah. 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 Well, we've always wanted we've always wanted a dog, but we have not uh, been in a place where we would, would have been responsible owners. Uh, where, where did you acquire this this lovely dog? Oh, the, uh, there's just a there is a nonprofit I, that I believe is so many uh, questions. Okay. What's that? I have so many questions. I believe it is well. It seems to be quite well run. Uh, it's a nonprofit called Canine. I believe it's called Canine Commitment, based in New Boston, New Hampshire. Okay. And they essentially, there's no shelter proper, but they have a network of foster homes. Okay. Uh, and so people will. So there is a. I think that they have a relationship with at least one, if not more, shelters in uh, Mississippi. All right. And um, yeah, we. Uh, so like through Pet Finder, you could, you could go to Canine Commitment. And uh, saw her picture, and yeah, wrote the, wrote the relevant email. Said uh, we're interested in adopting her, you know. And, now, uh, uh, what what is her uh, general uh, uh, heritage? It's a little bit tough. Uh, she's like some sort of terrier mix. Okay. Uh, she might be toy fox. She might be. Uh, there might be some 
Cairn Terrier. There might be some Boston Terrier. It's hard to say. She's a, she's decidedly a mutt. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Her name? Uh, America. Are we serious? Yeah, her name's America. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that, was that her given name? No, uh, she kind of didn't really have one. Like, okay. the, like the, they were calling her Spot, uh, but I think it, it's because they have, you know, they have a lot of dogs come in and they just need to give them names. Sure. So well, you're, you're supposed to stick to two syllables, but that's fine. Yeah, uh, she know uh, if you, especially if you have, she's a. Uh, She's actually pretty, like, reasonably, because we're not master trainers or anything, but she is pretty easy to train. Uh, she's definitely food motivated. How old is she? About a year, I guess. They don't know. That's that's a good age to get to start, yeah. I yeah. think so, right, because she's not totally a puppy, but she's also right. uh, yeah. young enough that she can adapt to uh, them. That is outstanding. I, I'm I'm actually surprised that you're, you seem like, uh, like, kind of, like, I- innocently joyous about it. I, I adore dogs. Yeah. You do? Okay, because I know you have your dog, and, and yeah. maybe it's because you have so much going on. Like, I see your dog there, and I see you pet it or whatever, but – and and you seem very – you seem happy to have the dog, but you don't ever seem particularly enthusiastic about the, about the dog. Nah, but I, you probably just catch me at the wrong time because yeah. I, I adore dogs. You yeah. do? Okay, yeah. I have I have my last dog's ashes in a place of honor here. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and what's your dog currently called? Joey. Joey, yeah. And you get along well with Joey. Joey is a, a wonderful dog. Right. Yes. Okay. I, I prefer I prefer dogs to people, including myself, yes. Uh yeah, that's yeah, that's easy to say, yes. Yeah, uh she is uh yes. From that point of view, uh for example, I will uh scratch her belly. Yes. And she likes it more than anything. And I I need pictures. Do uh, do you have any on Facebook or have uh we well, yeah, well we did have one on might might be one of my Instagram account. I, uh, I could. Uh, I could. This is not going to be interesting for anyone, right? But us. I would like you to email me one right now, please. Yeah, I uh, will. Okay. All right. Wait, that's that's not me. Who is that guy? Oh, this ah. is a different Sestuli. So it begins. Wow, I just found a different Sestuli who I, he's a model. I think appears to yeah. be appears to be making out with all manner of ladies. He's a real Italian person. Well, he's doing a better job than I am. All right, uh, maybe it's under, uh, well, I don't know. Do you just have a picture of dudes making out? Um, no, I don't think so. It's not, it wasn't my intention. Yeah. Are you uh, going to full images for a picture of your dog? Uh, uh, let's see, I don't know. Let me see. Calm down. This is good radio. This is, n- this is not good radio, but I'm fr- trying to find it because I think it was on, I thought it was on my Instagram account. It's no, not. just one. On your desktop or something? No, I don't. No, I don't have that. We adopted a dog. We adopted a dog. Oh, there it is. Okay, you ready? Yep. I'm going to send it to you. Actually, maybe this will make a noise for the people to hear so they can know that we're really participating in a transaction. I could send a link via Skype, I believe. It should come up. Did, it, did that happen? Uh, Something's going on. Let me see. Again. Alternatively, I can email it. This is terrible. This okay. is not can't believe the link. Why is it opening Firefox? Okay. Firefox. Yeah. Right, well, I send it. Uh, I send it via email too. Okay, it's loading. Ah, <laughs> look at his ears. Her, her ears, but yeah. I said those. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you said his. Yeah, but very, uh, very cute. Those <laughs> are some championship ears. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She looks like, for people who are not seeing. She looks like a bat a little bit. <laughs> looks like a silly bat. That is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, she's good. She's only 15 pounds. Uh, uh, scrap, she scraps it up. Wow, that's, that's small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's the how's the house breaking? Uh, not challenged. She hasn't gone inside at all. Wow, that's excellent. Yeah, actually, she started to she started to um, begin the she started the beginning stages of a dump one time. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that she she might have been able to she might have been trying to communicate to me that she needed to go out, but it, I think the reason um, she was forced to go is because just the day before she had gotten her received a second distemper vaccine, right? And uh, therefore, uh, I, one of the side uh, side effects is uh, uh, was diarrhea. She didn't have diarrhea, but I think that maybe it made it so she had to go. Okay. Um, so and she, I, she like did it like right in my sight. I, she wasn't trying to hide it, you know. Right. So I think that she was like, "Hey, look at, I really needed to go out, buddy." 
<laughs> like, like. Yeah. Uh, this to yourself. Yeah. So anyway, she's very cute. Yes, she uh, is. She's only a year old, so hopefully she doesn't die soon. That would be heartbreaking. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yep. So yep. They yep. die. That's a, that's the worst part about it. I was hey. actually thinking of, like, one way you could think of your life is how many dogs you could own if they all lived, like, you know, up, you know, more or less to the expected age for that breed. How many you could own until you died? Yeah. And I think we're at... That sucks. Huh? Dog death sucks. Yeah. So it's about, I mean, what, it's about 15 years for a lot of breeds? Yeah, I mean, the smaller they are, the longer they tend to yeah. live. So. What are you? You're 42 or something? Yes, 42. 42. So uh, you'll probably live, you might live 45 years. you got three dogs left. Two to three dogs. There might be a dog who... Um, you know, uh, you, who survives you. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah. Now, did you ever consider two dogs? Uh, we had we had two dogs at one point. Yes. Okay. We had uh, our current dog and then our last dog. I got our current dog as a grief dog, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, oh, my dog is 13. I don't want her to die and not have a dog in the house. So oh, okay. One. Yeah. Well, so it was preemptive... Grief yes. strike. Okay. Oh, that's smart. Preemptive grief dog. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's that's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, well played. Yeah. Because you say, because then you're like, because then if you get a dog to replace, at, is the first dog dies, I don't know, a week or two or a month or however long goes by, and then you get another dog, you really feel as though you're attempting to replace that first dog. Yeah. Whereas if you get that second dog first, then yeah. what you're doing is you first of all. Maybe you're getting a companion for that first dog. Right. There's more con- there's continuity there. Right. Yeah. And then maybe also that younger dog can benefit from the presence of the first dog, the older dog. Yeah. And then finally, when the, that first dog dies, yeah, you say, well, this was not a replacement. Uh, so how old is Joey though? Joey is now six. Okay. And it, or do you, will you have a preemptive grief dog for Joey? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's how that's how I do things. Yeah, that's but smart. Say, uh, so we got uh, Joey when my last dog, dear Sandy, was uh, thirteen, and uh, shortly thereafter, um, she got like a stomach tumor or something. Ugh. And the vet essentially told me to think of it as hospice care and uh, like take her home and you know that sort of thing. Um, cause there was, you know, there was inoperable and all that. Um, so it was like, you know, I was basically like cooking her hamburgers and stuff and, you know, um, and our Joey was, she was crated at the time when we would leave because she wasn't yet fully housebroken mm-hmm. and she loved her crate. Like she yeah. would sleep there. She would gleefully go in there. Like she would hang out in there during the day, even when she didn't have to be in there. She yeah. loved it was it. a den. It was a den. Right. Yeah. She absolutely loved it. But on the day when we decided it was finally time to put Sandy down, mm-hmm. um, we had to drag her and put her in the crate. It's like she knew what was happening. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was really – that didn't help. Yeah. yeah. That's dark. Yeah, it was – It was. yeah, she – so, I mean, my assumption is that, yeah, she knew this was like, you know, the dog, you know, her buddy's going away and not coming back. Yeah. So did you – now, does she use her crate still? No. Oh, so that was it. What do you mean? I mean, was that was that the last day she used her crate? Did she? No, 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 no. It wasn't quite that dramatic. It wasn't quite that dramatic. No, but yeah. no, we gave the crate to a friend who had gotten a puppy. So yeah, and by that point, she didn't she didn't need it anymore. So. Well, this uh, this particular dog, uh, mm-hmm. we tried to do some crate training, and she was fine with it. She would go in, you know, we just treats, 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 treats. So it made great associations with the crate. And then, uh, but she did not, but if you leave her in there and you leave the room, and in particular if you leave the house, she go, she goes crazy. Like beyond just like whining and stuff. She is a real mental thing. I think she was transported in a crate, so she's not, the associations are not great. Right, sure. So, uh, but actually it turns out, uh, we, she sleeps in our bedroom at at the, we put her dog bed just, um, on the ground near our bed, and she sleeps there fine. And then, uh, um, if we uh, we leave the house, we leave her just in the living room area. She's fine with that too. Yeah. See, that's yeah. They uh, once they once they get their 
initial training and routine down, they're, they're pretty low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I'm, I'm really pleased that you... Still a mix for a better life. Yeah, I'm pleased that you have such a soft spot for canines. I, I, I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. Well, let's end on that. It's a sweet, I think, sweet note. Team dog is what I'm on. Okay. No. Hashtag. Right. No. Wait, is it team dog hashtag? Because that's not going to do... Right. Yeah, that's... yeah. <laughs> that works on the Friendster, but not Twitter. No. No. Well, good. Well, let's stop. let's stop. You stick around for a second, but we'll end right here. Unless, do you have any final <laughs> messages for the for the listeners? What's that? Do you have any I, final I, messages I, for I, listeners? Say it again. Final messages for listeners. Give to me your leather. Take from me hmm. my lace. Okay. Yep. Well, Don Henley and Stevie Nicks. Okay. Together? Let's do it. Yeah. Wow. Leather and lace. Wow. Power team. I think they uh, had dirty sex at one point and Lindsey Buckingham got mad. Hmm. I'm not mistaken. No. Well, I don't want to libel anyone, but I think that's the story. What other kind of sex is there, though, right? Uh, procreative. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about it. You don't know much about that, do you? Nope. And might not. We'll see. Well, well. Hey, Dane, I want to thank you for uh, participating this week. It's been a pleasure, Stilly. Yeah, that's right. That is Dane Perry of uh, for for the for the for the time being of Notgraphs. Sort of. I, I wrote a post today. You did? Did you post it? Yeah. Oh, just before we got on? I, I missed that. Yeah. Hot post. <laughs> yes. I see it. Okay. Wow. A lot of work went into that. I bet it did. Did you cover up? Now it is a, people should know, this is an ice cream sandwich festooned with tiny Jesus Montero heads. Yes. Did you cover up all the holes in the ice cream sandwich with that his head? Was, that was my aim. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Indentations. Good. Now, do they do that for purposes of so for aerodynamic purposes? <laughs> Aerodynamism. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, say, yeah. tell everyone you love them, Dane. I love all of you. I love you. That has been Dane Perry of Knockouts of CBSSports.com's Eye on Baseball. I'm Carson Sestouli. This has been Fangraphs Audio. IonBaseball.com. No, sorry, CBSSports.com slash IonBaseball. <laughs>